hello, good evening, and welcome to the Game is About Glory. I'm your host, Steph, and joining me are Ricky and Milo. Hello, chaps. Hi, Steph. Evening, Steph. Excellent. Uh, this week, uh, we have the Magic of the Cup to discuss in our game just a short while ago at Deepdale, where we beat Preston North End by three goals to nil in the fourth round of this most storied of competitions. Isn't that right, chaps? The FA Cup is magical, right? It is. Best day next to Christmas, isn't it? As the song goes. Chaz and Dave there. Indeed. <laughs> I see that uh, Milo is having a sip of his beverage, so I'm going to let him introduce the week that was. We're going to get going really quickly here because we've got a lot to say tonight. So let's get going quickly. Milo, lead us into the week that was. Okay. Well, the only item in the week that was. We had our first signing of the January transfer window. On Wednesday, we signed forward Arnold Danjuma from Villarreal. Arnold joins us on loan until the end of the season with an option to buy primarily plays as a left-wing forward or as a striker or second striker, as we saw today. Uh, And we'll come back and talk about him a bit later when we cover today's game. Indeed. And that was it. That was the week that was. It's been, yeah, it's been a nice, actually. It's nice to have a week that was that's so short, isn't it, chaps? So it wasn't fraught with anxiety. It wasn't fraught with people saying he's leaving and he's not coming and he doesn't like us anymore and he doesn't want to be here. It was kind of cheerful this week. People talking about new contracts, manager being a little happier. It was like a, a nice week that was, right? Hmm. In certain realms, probably, yeah. <laughs> it depends what social media channels you're on, but yeah, I'm on none of them. So I take your word for it, Steph. I think there was plenty of nerves around and about, but um, yeah, we'll get to the transfer window at the end of the show. Oh, I guess I'm just a general optimist. And just as you all know, Ricky has been practicing a better rest by not trolling the internet or trolling the internet, whichever one it is, um, to, uh, to to hoover up all those little bits of uh, misinformation. I don't think he's ever been tro- tro- trolling the internet. That's not that's not Ricky's style. I think you mean scrolling the internet, maybe. But um, there we go. He's there not we a troll. Go. No, he's not a troll. That's right. And I'd you like know what? You know what? No, no, you wouldn't. You're about the least troll-like person I know. This is Thank you. One of your sterling qualities, Ricky. You're not a troll. Um, but yes, I, I accept that. Yes. He is not strolling around the internet late at night anymore, ladies and gentlemen. He is now getting a good night's rest. But enough of that. Let's get up to Deepdale, shall we? We're mere, or what, hours? A couple of hours ago now? Uh, our opponents, Preston North yeah. End. Uh, fourth round of the FA Cup, I should add. Those opponents are credited by many as being the main influence behind our taking up white shirts and blue shorts as the club colours back in 1898-99. So there we are. If you didn't know that, you do now. Okay. Let's let's you know start where we always do rotation. How on chaps? What did you think of that lineup when you saw it? Milo, kick us off. I wasn't too surprised. It's very similar to what we put out in the previous round against Portsmouth. We know that Kane played against Fulham unwell, sick. So and he's only I think he's only trained once this week. So him sitting it out made sense. Got a lot of players who've played too much recently. You know, played a lot of games this season. Conte doesn't rotate a huge amount in the league unless he has to. So. Yeah, uh, it was pretty much what I was expecting. I think, you know, obviously the disappointments were that Richarlison picked up a knock in training, although they're saying it's not too serious, but, you know, it was a shame that he didn't get a chance to play. Um, and Saar has been injured for a couple of weeks now, so hasn't been in the matchday squads. Again, it's a shame that he didn't get a chance to play. But, yeah, I think it's broadly what I was expecting, and it's good that we, we could rest key players. Yeah, it's always good to give a few people some minutes as well where we are now going to be looking at them to be backups and stuff like that to get some minutes under their belt. Um, Hugo got left at home. I think that's okay. Have a little relaxing evening with the missus, probably. Sort his head out. So I think that was a good thing. Always all right to see Foster. And he done all right. Um, Mm, Big hands. Big hands. (laughs) I think it always looks a bit less heavyweight, the lineup when when Kane's not there. So um, 
But as we'll probably get on to, Sun stepped in and got back to what Sunny might do a bit more. So, um, yeah, Basuma gets some more games. Bentacor is usually doing his thing. Doty's back. And it was just whether Cecil, Perisic, which way round they played. I think Perisic was probably always going to be the further forward one, I think. Mm. But, yeah. You've all avoided it. And so I'm just going to go in two-footed. That back line. That back line, when I saw that, look, I'm a positive individual. And I love to be positive. And I love to support our players. But I... I should admit that I did have a giggle. I laughed when I saw it because I was just like, <laughs> goodness gracious, we're going to see some moves on the dance floor tonight that we have not seen <laughs> in, in quite some time. Uh, I was I, I was intrigued and, 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 and very excited in a weird, perverse way to see how Jeff and Davo and, uh, and Clement were all going to make it work with Big Fraser behind them. That was the most thrilling aspect of the lineup for me. And I can't say, you know, I can't say I was uh, I was feeling secure, but I was damn determined to have a good time. Either way. I don't know about moves on the dance floor. There was a couple of times where Davo looked like he was running the wrong way up an escalator. <laughs> oh, God. Off it, a heavy it, night out. Yeah. Know, <laughs> this is part, part, part of my personal, and this is a very personal thing, part of my very personal New Year's resolution is just to be a little more honest and not just protect for protection's sake or, you know, always take the other side because that person's getting heavily criticised. I'm, I'm, I'm trying hard to be a little more honest in that regard. So... I would usually at this point step up to my and say, well, you know, he's a Colombian international, you know, he's got pedigree, but by God, he did. He, that's a great description. And probably a little more polite than I might have said. I mean, he was doing the twist like it was last summer, the summer before and the summer before that at times, wasn't he? It was, uh, but we'll get it. We'll get into that. The other thing I did enjoy was the notion that we were going to see Sonny playing, uh, where I think he's most effective, which is facing the opposition goal and a good 20, 20 yards further up the pitch. So that was exciting. An exciting thought. I suppose. Perisic as centre forward is probably the biggest surprise out of that lineup. He shaved for it, didn't he? I, th- I believe he he looked a little more clean shaven around the chin area, which I, I suspect had something to do with it, or nothing to do with it at all, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I must admit, folks, I did have a little hair moment tonight where Robbie Brady's hair kept on looking like a fuzzy beanie to me, which was giving me no end of amusement. I don't know. Maybe it was my mental state of watching this game. We should probably press on, right, and talk about them. Yep, yeah, on. They sat deep, tried to deny a space. Expand upon that. Well, um, I think the first five minutes was a little bit too and fro. I mean, in fact, the first five minutes, it took me uh, it took me those minutes to adjust that we were the team in light blue because I kept thinking we were like the team in white at first. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds ridiculous, but it was a little bit like that. And then I think they then sat deep, and I'm not sure whether that was them giving up possession or whether we forced them back, but it makes little difference either way, to be honest. And um, I thought Sonny was actually in that first half, coming in to receive the ball and trying to pass it into him. And yep. almost like Kulu and Perisic had kind of wrapped round into the centre a bit as and when needed. And I thought there was some quite good fluency there. I'm not necessarily saying in our passing, but I think our movement was looking at different patterns. And I think that even increased in the second half when then even Doherty or Sess might get into various positions. It became almost like a sort of fluid front five. Um, but... We, I think we was okay in the first half. I think we weren't like threatening massively from kind of clear cut chances. We had some long shots and that kind of thing, but we certainly contained them. They were, weren't really giving us any problems, but, um, yeah, but it kept the other thing I thought it was, which surprised me for the magic of the cup that the, um, especially in that first half, the Preston crowd were really quiet. I thought, I thought, you know, big cup game against the Premier League, mighty Tottenham Hotspur would get them, get them jumping, but uh, not really. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right. I say when Preston dropped back, 
Um, and we had, you know, you, you, Steph, you were saying about worried about that back line, but they spent most of the game on the halfway line, didn't they, really? And, you know, it was all played in, in Preston's half. We know how difficult it is to get through um, a team with, you know, defending in numbers with two two lines of, you know, the defence and the midfield on top of each other. It's very, very difficult to find a way through. And, you know, we resorted to doing, you know, really the only option you've got there, which is taking shots from distance. And, um, you know, Sonny lined a couple up just to try and get his um, get his sights in. And, you know, we saw what happened later on. And But, yeah, I thought it was, a you know, a, a bit like the Fulham game last weekend. It wasn't, sorry, like on Monday, it wasn't particularly thrilling, but it was, um, it was professional. <laughs> yeah. I- yeah, I mean, uh, to your Ricky, I'll, I'll go one better on the getting things a bit wrong in the first minute or two. I think I texted our uh, WhatsApp group saying I thought that Decky was being deployed on the right on, <laughs> on the left hand side because for the first thirty seconds a minute, and admittedly my coffee hadn't hit at that point, I thought when we were moving backwards in a defensive posture, I was thinking we were going forwards. It took me. That. I was like, oh shit. I better start focusing. And as the game wore on in that first half, Milo, you do you you, you say it wasn't thrilling, and 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 you say um, that you know it was a very professional performance. And I agree with both of those. But I just maybe it was that thing of just enjoying it. I thought, oh, this is this is Italy v Brazil, nineteen eighty two. This is which, of course, it wasn't. It was about the most opposite of that game you could <laughs> find. I mean, it was so so. It was like a training exercise. It really was and, against defence. Yeah, and we were so comfortable until we got to within 30 yards of the box. And fair play to Preston. They were set up well and so on and so forth. But I would usually get really frustrated at our inability to pick that lock. But I couldn't even muster I didn't even muster the energy for that. I just thought, ah, oh, this is going to wear out. Harry's going to come on in the yep. second half. You know, That's what we all thought, right? Yeah, I thought it was a classic case of saying as well when Perisic and um, Decky might come more into the middle, I thought we could have maybe then kept it a bit wider, stretched it a bit wider with the wing backs. And I just think that maybe that's where we are lacking. I mean, we keep saying that we're kind of lacking with, you know, the exceptional wing backs. And I think that would really make a difference. Um, I was disappointed but, with Matthew today. I've got to be honest. Yeah. I thought he was pretty lame today. And I'm usually a supporter of Matthew. Would either of you agree with that? Yeah, I didn't really notice him contribute that much today, really. I thought he was, it was, he wasn't really, because I thought he looked like he was kind of making a good understanding with uh, Decky in other games, but I think today they weren't really connecting that well together, not particularly. And I think, and I'm kind of a bit, I mean, I think he had a reasonably okay game today, but I'm kind of in your camp with Cess now, I think, Steph, in the, um, he just, he, he faces a player up and you just think you've definitely got physicalness and you've got power and stuff like that. He just doesn't drive on past people sometimes. And I think technically he's learned absolutely everything as a young player. And it's just about application now. And I don't know. I mean, he's he's obviously going to be under the cosh next year when the other chap turns up. So we'll see yeah, how it goes. I, I don't think he'll be here next year. I think he probably needs to drop down a level and play Everton. week in, <laughs> play week in, week out, and um, and, and find you know find his game again. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you on Doherty. I thought he just didn't didn't offer much. I thought his movement was poor. He wasn't really uh, making himself available. I suppose it's maybe not a game where, where it suits him. He's you know his preferred way of playing is running in at the back post and and finding balls there. And when you've got a deep set defence, you haven't really got that space to run into. Um, but yeah, yeah, had a, didn't have a great game. That's a fair. That's a fair point, and I think it's a. It's, it, I mean, it's probably fair 
you know, I, I, obviously I think you know that I'm one of Sess's uh, critics, but I mean, again, I'm probably offering the same mitigation. This is not a, it's not a particularly easy uh, team to show what you can do in terms of getting around the back because uh, deep Dale, deep North, deep Preston North End, it was all very deep. I, I did wonder about whether we ought to have played Doherty on the other side. So at least he could get, get balls in and get crosses in and, um, you know, help us try and kind of pepper the, uh, the Preston defence, but didn't pass yeah, I think, I mean, I don't know what the stats were, but I can't remember any that many crosses today. No, Especially, I mean, even... Certainly, not, even, certainly it, not dangerous ones. No, I mean, even Longley wasn't putting in kind of no, those deep true. balls that we've seen quite a bit. Which which I wonder uh, if, you know, if Sonny's one of your front three, um, you know, maybe you don't want to put him at aerial risk, uh, you know, so much if you can. I don't know where he's at with his fracture. Um, I'm, I'm sure it's healed, but there may be, you know, you, put, you don't want to take a whack there in any way yeah, soon. But, he'd be, but he'd be on the other side of the pitch to that. If Longley's yeah. um, putting in crosses, it's going to go to the back post, which is where, you know, Perisic and, and Decky would be. Yeah, um, fair enough. Or you get, you know, get big Davo in there. So, don't know. Yeah, well, it didn't happen for whatever reason, and uh, we can speculate, and uh, we probably still won't ever f- figure it out. It's probably just that they didn't cross the ball very much. It's probably the truth. I mean, it's probably no <laughs> simple as that. What I will say excited me uh, in that first half, and my word, it should be said, there wasn't too much to excite anyone. Excitement was not the main adjective. Was it the balloons? Used. Was it the balloons coming that- on the pitch? Did that excite you? <laughs> The balloons did not excite me as much as it did some people, but yes, it was it was it was a nice touch. It was a nice FA Cup touch, wasn't it? It's the sort of thing that the cup is all about, like you know, errant balloons on the pitch, and you know, and kids in the stands looking at programs with their dad and all that business. But I was excited seriously by Sonny. Um, looked in that first half, he looked like he was prepared to push himself a little, to take on some players, to try and like work his way into confidence and into form. So two or three flickers of life for me in the first half. I thought, ah, you know, this is good. Good for him. But chaps, as we approach the second half, what did you think was going to happen versus what did happen? Oh, well, there's not a lot you could take out of the first half. And just hoping that um, our second half would be a reflection of other second halves we've had where maybe our fitness would tell or he maybe makes some changes and that would you know play on either Hill or Danjuma and that might be able to unlock it if he thought that well all that's going to happen is the same they're going to retreat and uh but what did happen was very um very pleasing especially for that one man so very happy I, I was pretty much expecting what happened to be honest with you I thought you know as I said the first half was uh, was professional you know, we we know that fitness-wise, we can only play for 45 minutes of a game. So I was expecting us to step it up in the second half. Um, you know, we'd knocked on the doors. You know, suddenly got a couple of sighters in. So, yeah, I was expecting more long-range efforts and one of them to go in eventually. So none of you saw Harry's hooter peeking out from that enormous uh, parker and snood that he had on and thought that, uh, thought, yep, he's going to roll on and he's going to, you know, put it in around the 75th minute. Break Jimmy Greaves' record, and we're going to win one nil. That that didn't creep across any of your minds because it certainly was how I thought it was going to play out. I have to be honest. I was just desperately hoping that he got nowhere near the pitch. So yep. no, that hadn't. I I just thought that you know we were so on top. Yeah. Um, without you know maybe we didn't have enough to show for it, but we were so on top that I thought that, you know, they'd break at one point and then the game opens up. Yeah. Because yeah, I think we've said before when um because obviously um our own. Troy Parrott's there, and I think I think they started to score a few more goals recently, but they went for a real dirge mm. of low scoring, didn't they? So, yes. I mean, 
without actually watching them. You know, that implies that their attacking threat's not that great normally. Yeah, and instead, as you know, has been hinted at several times now, what did happen, uh, in your words, Ricky, was very pleasing. Um, you know, Sonny is back on the mark. Um, let's just evaluate exactly why we think that is and why that happened today in the second half and how much Kane's absence might have had to, to do with that. So in terms of Sonny coming back, I don't think Kane's absence uh, necessarily had much to do with that. I think the absence of Preston North End having any attacking threat had something to do with that because the problem he's had this season is he spent far too much time in our half with his back to the goal he's attacking and you know his first touch isn't great so he's losing balls in areas of the pitch where he can't do anything what happened today is that he was facing the right way pretty much all of the game and he was given a bit of a free roll so he could drift and find space and find pockets and get shots away and we know that he's a really really good you know you know, he's dangerous from distance. He's a great forward. He's one of our, you know, one of our best, you know, two players. And I think, you know, Conte's got it wrong. He's got him playing in the wrong area of the pitch, doing the wrong things this season, and it's been to his de- detriment. But he got it right tonight. Well, it might be like it might be like Milo said. It's just because Preston are a lesser opposition because he might end up in other areas of the pitch because we're playing teams that are just generally better, or we're not playing as well against those better teams in a more kind of expansive way. So maybe he's told that he has to move into these areas in a defensive kind of way. But I mean, the other thing I mean I would say is I mean he did. We played rather than just putting him in out wide. He played loads of central balls to him, yeah. and I don't know why it changed, but the biggest sea change beyond the finishing because I just think that's um, trademark Sonny the finishing so he, I think he can do that anytime was his touch was a load better today getting it under control laying it off because he's in the last few weeks he has looked almost at rock bottom when it comes to that yeah. just not knowing what his feet's doing it bounced off his shin or confidence he just he's just not got no fluidity but today loads of that returned and I think that's almost more pleasing than the finishing because as I say we've watched Sonny score those goals all day long so hopefully this is I think he had another game this year though where he did get a hat-trick in another game yeah, it was, that we, was Leicester wasn't it when he came off the and bench we, and we thought it was all change and it didn't materialise so I just hope it's a kickstart really for him let's hope yeah. so yeah I mean I think I mean, the other thing that we, you know he's he's been struggling with, as you're saying, is like taking on players, which is something yeah. he's normally very good at. He's he's you know fallen over the ball or misplaced it so many times recently when he's trying to do that. I mean, I, th- I think you know, kind of going back to his issues this season, Conte's made a switch. Last year, Sonny was playing ahead of Kane, and this year, for much of the season, Kane has been leading the line and playing much further forwards, which has meant that Sonny's had to play deeper, and it's just not what he's good at. And to be fair. I think Kane's better deeper as well. I know he's had a great season and, you know, he's carried us for large chunks of it. But I think from a from you know the team's point of view, we're far better with Kane dropping deep and, and the other forwards pushing on. Um, it's, a, it's a strange choice. I, I, it's one of many things that Conte's done this season. I just don't understand. Yeah, the, only, the only thing I can think, and obviously we don't want to get too much into the, the, the Kane situation because he didn't play today, but I, I wonder if someone at the club, uh, well, this case it would be the the manager wouldn't it <laughs> has has somewhat thought well i'm going to be able to protect him a little more and maybe have him do a little less work if he's not having to drop deep all the time and not taking the hits in those areas and not having to to you know drive play maybe maybe that's his thinking on that on that front i don't know that's the only possible mitigation but then you lose you know 50% of sunny's effectiveness which is which is i don't think it's worth it i don't think that trade off's worth it 
my guess would be that he's just you know most managers make you know tinker season to season i think he probably thought that we we're getting a little predictable change it up and and there's something different there mm. but uh, you know particularly when well we got Deke something was, different all right <laughs> but particularly when decky was out it meant we had actually zero creativity it's yeah yeah, yeah okay. I, I mean i agree, I agree with Milo there. i think it might be that he's just trying to change things because rather than become predictable because we almost we almost carried over that tactic from right. Mourinho's days didn't we you used to do the same thing mm. where you used to drop and then slot it through to sunny and uh i mean that can still work but maybe you know it's it's not exactly a master plan in the sense of hard to unravel for a opposing opposition because i mean the first thing they used to do when kane did it was never like follow him into that space half the time so yeah. and it was just suicide for team i throw a, one of my weirdo um this is what i personally feel might have affected sonny's form up until this minute moment oh, if you guys i thought you were going to tell us you know <laughs> imagine if you had a world-class limpet farm or something i don't know what that's oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, that's worth consideration. If anyone wants to let us know how they would react to owning a world-class limpet farm, find us on social media. I, I, I may well contribute uh, to our Twitter myself just to answer that question. But no, I, I wonder if when you break your your when you break your face, yeah. Sorry, I'm trying to sound. When you break your face, quite literally, I can only suspect that it does things to both your posture, both your balance, just your physical motion and your movement. Any, even the slightest little bit of pain might make you move a little differently. And I just wonder if he's coming into a proper 100% physical fitness for the first time, and maybe he's able to move and operate 100% physically fit. Maybe that's the difference in his touch. Maybe that's going to make the difference. But he's been massively off form all season. It's not as if it happened, you know, just before the World Cup. He, but he did come. He did start to come into form around less around mm. the Leicester game. He started to find, and then you're looking at the system is what's robbing him. Really, he was hitting posts and so on and so forth. And then suddenly, talk about a player who dropped off a cliff. His form did, and it was really tragic. I don't know. I'm digging around, but I I I think it. I think he's been pretty bad all season. I think the the other thing you could say is that obviously he's coming off the back of a great season last year and maybe he just feels a bit of extra pressure after winning the golden and boot and being great. It's I mean the only other thing I'd add is is you're not quite sure what weight on his shoulders it is taking South Korea to the World Cup and stuff. Yeah. And absolutely. His and his expectations on that, that can be a mental burden. So um, Absolutely. Sorry, I realised I've gone a bit high there. But look, chaps, chaps, we're getting Gary bogged Neville. down with what's wrong with Sonny and what he's been wrong. And uh, Jesus Christ, he scored an absolute fucking worldie today. The first one is yeah. beautiful. That's a beautiful yeah. shape on that shot. It's taken a fantastic curve inside the post and then a little bit of a cheeky jink in, uh, in the box for the second and he's just leathered it again chaps exalting a little bit of glory for the goal for a moment please or goals i should say come on enjoy them oh uh, that's absolutely deadly from sun such a trademark finish there was the great um and the the camera shot from behind the guard uh from behind Oof. the shot was just because you just thought when they get anyone kicks it in the corner they think oh you know sort of a bit low down what was the keeper doing but you can just if you sell it out a yard beyond that post and it just mm. comes around that is just absolute perfection from sunny and you know you can see it, it was great to see a smile back on his face because he yeah. i think anything even if he knows he can do that he hasn't been doing it that often so that will basically that will really fill up his kind of confidence glass i think and yeah hopefully hopefully conte realizes that that's where he needs to play him and we see it more because i think a rejuvenated sunny coming into this second half of the season and we are only halfway through the season it's hard to you know end of january it's hard to believe isn't it but 
um, you know, rejuvenated Sonny going into the second half of the season is such a bonus, such a bonus. And, you know, we could, you know, we're, we're not far off fourth. There's a lot to play for here. We're still in two cups and Sun on form, you, you know, you can beat anyone. Top four and Istanbul, here we come. I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm on it. I felt the smart, seeing the smile on his face was, uh, was really big. And, uh, yeah, the finishing was excellent. We got a third goal, as we all know, and we got it from a debutante. We got it from Dan Juma. Um, now's the time to introduce the question that we were going to ask in our, uh, the week that was. Uh, <laughs> becomes a little easier to answer now, doesn't it? I suppose. But what did we think of this signing? Um, Milo, why don't you lead us off? I think it's pretty clear that Conte wanted another forward. He's spoken a few times about players um, who can take on other players and beat them in close spaces. Um, and I think, yeah, he's been talking about that with teams that sat deep. So very similar to, you know, exactly what we saw today. And I think in the first half, you know, we were talking about, you know, it was shots from distance that were troubling Preston or, you know, best chances. We weren't being, we weren't able to get through them. And I think, you know, part of the thinking with the Danjuma signing is that it's someone who could help us get through them. And, you know, again, we're talking about, you know, Sonny, uh, struggling with those one on ones. I think he's brought in to, to do that. If Sonny, you know, Sonny's struggling with that. I think in terms of balance, I was a bit surprised that we've signed a player who principally plays on the left-hand side where we've got uh, Sun and, and Richie. I assume it probably means that Richie, we're going to see more of Richie on the right than on on the left um, or, you know, or, or, or through the middle, but it's, um, which I think is a shame because we're not getting the best out of him. And, you know, we spent £60 million on a player and he's barely played in his best position, which is just odd. Um you know, it's another one to add to that list of things that Conte's done this season that I just don't understand. Um, you know, maybe he's trying to develop him. Maybe he thinks that Richarlison, you know, if he can, if he can become good off the right, becomes a better all-round player and it's, it's, you know, player development, but it puzzles me. But Danjuma, yeah, he had a great season last year. Um, his season, his career before that is a, a bit up and down, a bit, a bit odd. He's never really stuck around anywhere very long. But he was great last year. His stats have been good. He can play, you know, left or up, you know, on the left or up top. Gives us a bit more depth. I don't know what it means for Brian. No, I was I mentioned that at the end. But I think yeah, the Dan Schumer thing. I mean, he's got he ticks quite a few boxes. He's got the Premier League experience when he's with Bournemouth, and he's had a great a great run in the Champions League last year with um, Villarreal. And I think I think he got six goals for them and that. So um, mm. and also I mean, he's he's has been sort of up and down, but. Um, Bournemouth were willing to play Bruges 15 million euros for him and then Villarreal played Bournemouth 25 million euros for him. So he's obviously been fancied by someone, yep. you know, scouts or, or, or whatever other managers. Um, he's obviously a skillful player. That's the good thing. So you never know. That might translate if we wanted to move him to the right if we don't think Richarlison can do it there. So maybe he's got more chance of becoming a right-sided player when needed. Um, but I think we needed an extra... We definitely need an extra forward. And I think people losing their shit about the Trossard thing, I think it stacks up better than getting Trossard. I quite like Trossard yeah. as a player, but... I didn't because re- he looked so young. I didn't realise he was twenty eight. So if you if you sign him on a permanent for three four year contract and he's a backup, then basically there's no ongoing value there. And I think I think the the good thing with um, Tanjuma, he's another try before you buy a player. He could you know. I mean the other thing what we don't know is I mean we're kind of excited that he's a good option, but um, it just depends what goes on with the other injuries really because mm-hmm. you know he could be a Vinicius for we know and end up hardly featuring and just wondering kind of what's going on but I mean even if he is that's not too bad because he can go back to Villarreal if he has to but I'm, I'm excited by him he's the right age in that kind of thing and as I say he's got experience 
all, you know, in this in the Premier League competition and Champions League. So he's not, um, you know, he's not a Brian Hill level player. But I don't necessarily think Hill's going. It just depends. If if Tanjuma's a replacement for uh, Mora, mm-hmm. then by with with Conte not wanting to contradict himself last year, then if Hill went, he would need someone else in because that's what he was saying last year, wasn't it? If Hill went, so that would be six. Hill would be the sixth player, I suppose, that would have to stay. Yeah, I I had no idea what to expect. I I freely admit I knew very little about him post Bournemouth. I hadn't really followed him at Villarreal much to uh, my my chagrin and and probably uh, you know my general lack of uh, La Liga education. I looked up his statistics like everyone else and was impressed. I think it's a very typical deal that we do at this stage of the season. Um, and, you know, in fairness, uh, you know, the sporting director um, uh, was very successful with a deal last season at this time that I said, well, let's see how it pans out because I took one look at him and thought, my God, he looks like Gary Doherty, which once again shows you my lack of tactical acumen. So, you know, you trust these people to do their jobs. And uh, it seems from what I saw of him today, that he's going to be a useful addition. I mean, he's certainly physical. Mm. Uh, he certainly doesn't lack attitude, does he? He's got a, he's got a good bit of attitude. I like that. He's got a bit of cheek about him. And uh, I have to t- I have to say to both of you, when I saw the finish in real time, I thought it was one of the, the most beautiful, deftest finishes I'd, I'd seen for a long time. And uh, I, I kind of wish I hadn't been shown the, the slow motion replays because he kind of took away a bit. Yeah. <laughs> they, all, they all count, though, don't they? So, yeah. They do all count. And he was there to finish it. And that's something that, quite frankly, we have lacked on several occasions this season. And, and in your first moments for a team, scoring a goal, no matter how it comes, gets you up and going. Yeah. Look, Raziak hit the bar in his debut, if I believe, against Liverpool, and his career went nowhere. What if that? What if it had gone in? Might he have become, uh, you know, one of the great number nines in Tottenham Hotspur history? I think, I think Saldado's done something similar, didn't he? Really close <laughs> in, and he hit the bar. I think against Everton. something like that. But yeah, I think your point about, well. but, but I think it comes to your point about look, if you score on your debut, it's a it's a good start, and it can lead to good things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I watched Villarreal quite a lot last year because it was kind of Spurs' old boys, wasn't it? So. You know, they had a nice little run in the Champions League. So it was, yeah, I watched them quite a bit. I think there's a, there's a couple of things that we need to bear in mind with him. So I think him coming in takes us over our foreign player limit for the Champions League. Now, presumably it's going to be Mora who's going to miss out because he's barely kicked a ball this season. But if Porro is coming in, then we're one over again, which means that it's a bit more difficult to pick the second person to drop out now. Um, presumably it would be one of the right wing backs so both Doherty and, and uh, Royale counters overseas. But yeah, and presumably it'll probably be Royale because Doherty can play on the left. So it gives you a bit more, but it, it, it gets tricky then. So yeah, just, yeah, yeah. just thing to bear in mind. And one thing you'll like, Steph, actually, he's got um, a, his own personal fitness coach, a dietitian and a striking coach that he employs himself. And he stays behind after training and uh, practice Love and it. works on all of that afterwards. So I think um, there's been there's been talk of him having attitude problems in the past or being a bit full of himself. But if he's working hard, then Conte's going to love that. He will. And, and you know, one of the things I did enjoy early doors, he nearly got through today, didn't he? Decky's past didn't just got cut out by the yeah. defender as he was running on. And he and he showed what I would consider to be um, a senior level of uh, frustration at the moment, uh, actually demonstrating his uh, his displeasure at the moment not happening. And I thought, well, he's got some attitude, which which is fine. I've no problem with it at all. You know, um, well, good. So we're agreed that Dan Juma is is a, is you know a smart signing. And again, this is one thing I think that as well, I speak for myself. 
you can jump to conclusions based on the noise and the wind and the fact it's not the sexy name and it's not the Trossard, who, by the way, looks like a midget Johnny Knoxville to me. So I like Johnny Knoxville, but I don't want a jackass in my side. Um, you know, it's, it's sort of, you know, you get carried away on those little tides and it is important to take a step back. And that's where we continue to learn from Benton Corn Kulisevsky, those of us who don't follow the, you know, every corner of the globe studiously, just because you haven't heard of him or don't know much about him or know bits and bobs. It doesn't mean he's not good. (laughs) I I think also, you know, when we talk about kind of Conte players or, you know, backing Conte, Conte, you know, I I bore myself saying this all the time. Conte doesn't want 100 million pound players, you know, one to 11, doesn't want, you know, the biggest names in the world. He wants players who fit him. And, and I think that, you know, there's an age profile as well, isn't there? So Hill dropping down the pecking order and Dan Juma coming in to take that spot is, is what Conte wants. That is back in Conte. And, you know, that's, that's what he's, he's after. So I'm, I'm sure he's going to be, you know, he's going to get minutes. He's going to like him. I mean, I mean, the other thing you have to consider with the boring part is um, we might have wanted Trossard, but eventually, what did they pay? 21, 27, right? 27 million. Which, if it then seemed like, hold up, looks like Porro could definitely be on, but it looks yeah. like we're going to have to swallow the full fee, Absolutely. then that just might means we have to shift the kind of Trossard target to someone else. And as I said, I don't think really we want... For, for the where Trossard's going to slot into the squad, I don't think we really then want a 28 year old i don't think i I think that's absolutely right but i think that on dan juma there's i think the um the spanish press are talking about different figures to the english press the english press are reporting 21 million i think is the is the fee so even with a loan fee he's coming in cheaper than trossard and presumably with villarreal i mean villarreal have got la celso on loan there so there might be a deal we can do with them whereas brighton are canny operators and probably want that money up top you're right. I think you know if you pay 27 million for Trossard up front, then we probably haven't got any money left for Porro. And what it looks like with Porro is that we've been looking to is how we stagger the payments. So I, th- I think the rumours at the moment are that we're paying slightly over the release clause, but then it's it's spread over the life of the contract, and we're trying to work in writing off yeah. the um, Marcus Edwards fee. So yeah, it's. You're right. Yeah, I mean, but, but we, let's not spiral too far into Poro. We're going to get to him in a minute. Let's just yeah. finish off this Danjuma and and somehow curiously crept into the conversation Trossard business. You know, Trossard's agent shopped him around because they had a Barney and he wanted to get out. I don't think we were ever fully interested in him, to be honest. I think we were sort of part of the sounding board. And actually, I think he's a tosser. And I'm really glad he didn't sign for us. And I think he would have Tossard. been... Tossard. Yeah, exactly. And even more so, he looks perfect in an Arsenal shirt to me, suits them. He just looks like the sort of aggravating little little shit that uh, I, I, I'm i glad we didn't sign. I don't think we were ever interested in him, seriously. Whereas he's gone Denjuma, down in your estimation, Steph, has he? It never really went up, mate. But yes, he's definitely gone down gone now, down. as is the fuss. And his agent using us as a sounding board. I doubt we yeah. were ever really interested. That's my... <laughs> We put in, we put in a speculative bid, didn't we? And so you know we know that we we bid twelve million for him, and then didn't go higher than that. And at twelve million, it makes sense. But yeah, I I almost wish we hadn't even done that because that's just sort of that you know I wish it sort of gives I don't, I don't... validity to the fact someone will say, oh well, we really wanted him and couldn't get him. I mean, we're going back to one of the things that you brought up in the thread, and, and now I'm really going off topic for a moment. And Mourinho and his Kim. Kim, Kim and Jason <laughs> thing, which I thought was no. I mean, but you brought it up. I didn't, but I'm bringing it up on the pod. 
but it's the same thing. We get tagged with, with, with rubbish when it's not actually factually true. It makes us look like we really bid for a player that, like, you know, we, we, that we wanted and we didn't get him. And it's, it's not true. Well, no, I think, I think we did want him. It's just that our valuation didn't match Brighton's. And when that happened, we walked away, which I think is absolutely fine. You yes. know, twelve million pounds for a player who's got six months left on their contract sounds reasonable to me. And yeah, you know, if, if that know, still allowed know. us to do our other business, then that's fine. I, well, we're, we're saying the same thing, but what, I guess what I'm saying is, to me, that was a case of you know, you, someone walks into the shop and says, "Hello, mate, I've got a stereo to sell. Would you like it?" And you're like, "Yeah." I'll give you 12 quid for it. And they're like, oh, I don't know. The bloke across the street will give me 20. And you're like, well, fantastic. I'd go across the street and yeah, take it because I don't really want it, actually. You came and asked me. And then all of a sudden, the rumor on the high street is that your shops, you know, you really wanted it, but you didn't get it, did you? And it's just bollocks. It, and is this a world-class secondhand sci-fi store, Steph, or just... Cash <laughs> 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 Now you've put me on the spot. Now we're getting really deep with my. Hey, it's a better metaphor than uh, is, than, uh, than my usual ones. Let's be honest. I haven't at least gone down like a a farm route with this one. It's not agricultural. Um, one thing I do want to mention um, that was well, it wasn't an agricultural performance. It was quite cultured, but quite aggressive. Was uh, I think Ivan Perisic's performance today could be overlooked, but he was extremely important. Um, put pressure, a lot of pressure, really physical when he had to be smart. Um, you know, really did a professional's job there today, I thought, and uh, quietly maybe an unsung hero today. I, yeah, I think he did one for the team, didn't he, really? It wasn't, yeah. as you said, it's going to be overlooked by many, but, you know, he, he he did what he was asked to do and did it quite well. I do think, actually, as, you know, going into next season, maybe he's better off as a forward, you know, substitute rotation forward. Um, I'm not sure he's quite got the legs for wing-back for much longer, and he, he's certainly struggled with the defensive side of the game in the Premier League, and I think... Mm. I wouldn't be surprised to see teams target him, you know, off the back of kind of that Man City performance and just try and rough him up and get him behind him. So, you know, maybe he's better off as a as a forward off the bench. Yeah, yeah his defensive skills definitely look questionable, um, but maybe that's because it's a fast-paced league. You meet, you meet good people out on the right-hand side there, don't you? They, yeah. You know, the Premier League's <laughs> full of them. Um, and he does look a bit like a 33-year-old, but how said he looks like a 33-year-old, I cannot knock him for how many games he churns out. He definitely churns yeah. out in the minutes. Even when he came back at such short notice from the World Cup, he still played in that first game. So fair play to him. He's definitely, well, he's earning his wages. So Yeah. He's incredibly fit, isn't he? I mean, yeah. he's just so fit. I mean, being someone who has occasionally pondered the uh, thigh and calf size of our players rather more than one might feel is normal, um, I bring myself to Tranmere and Serge Aurier when I couldn't, I was transfixed by how enormous his legs were. You look at Perisic, he's got these little sticks and you just wonder where the, where the, where the energy is and where the power, but my word, he, he's the minutes he puts into that frame. Unbelievable, unbelievable, mm. an unbelievable engine and desire. And, and, you know, he wants to, I mean, he played today. I felt like he was playing a champions league quarter final and that's, that's what you want. You want that. And he, you know, in, again, you would find a place for him uh, in your squad next season in any way you can, you know, because his experience is invaluable. Um, 3-0. Yeah, 3-0. 3-0, no. I mean, that being said, we were talking about this uh, before we, you know, press record tonight. You know, there's 10 Premier League clubs already knocked out of the FA Cup at the time of recording. Um, how good a chance uh, is this 
for us to pick up a trophy. I mean, I think at this stage of the FA Cup, it's the most Premier League clubs that have been out for for eons. I can't remember. I can't remember the last time it was this light on Premier League clubs. So, yeah, I think it's a really good chance. And you know, the clubs that are left in City, Man United, you know, Liverpool potentially if they get past Brighton. Um, but after that, you'd probably have us as um, as uh, fourth favourites. And you know, I, I was talking last week, Steph, about how. This reminded me a bit of Conte's second season at Chelsea when the league form was very stuttering and there were problems. Um, and he won the FA Cup that year, so maybe you know, maybe history does repeat itself. Yeah, I think I think with who's left in, we've definitely got a chance. I suppose it depends. Maybe when's the fifth round? Is that that's that's? I think it's not till March. I don't think early March the fifth round. I think so. We'll be back Champions League in by then. So I suppose some of things might hinge on what we're doing in that. Um, I'm not sure how the games fall, to be honest, because well, there might be considerations. It just depends. I mean, if we if we think we have an upturn like we did last year in the Premier League in the second half of the season, then certain things might take over. But I don't know. Maybe the squad's looking a bit healthier now. You know, we've got a few options, even if with the Sars and the Hills showing that they can be relied upon if needed. If the next one's between us playing Chelsea. So it's at the end of February, um, okay. and it's, bet- it's between us playing Chelsea and... Sorry, actually, it's the first weekend of March, rather. It's between us playing Chelsea in the second leg against Milan. Right, okay. So that so, actually, that actually uh, uh, sort of, uh, there's a question I wanted to ask, and it brings it right to the fore. Sort of answers itself, and I'm thinking about it, but I'll ask it anyway. I mean, <laughs> given what you just said, you, we're picking the same general side for the fifth round then, aren't we? When do you start thinking this really is a trophy shot and we need to take it, you know, with as full a strength and 11 as possible? Depends on the draw, doesn't it? I mean, you'd ideally want a soft draw between, you know, Chelsea and Milan so you could so you could put out a similar side. Is, um, was that the first leg against Milan or the second leg? Second one. So, yeah. First one's on Valentine's Day, isn't it? So. Oh, OK, yeah. So it depends how we got in in that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it's a home leg, so... I mean, generally speaking, I would say you don't start prioritising a cup competition until you get to the semi-finals. You've got to you've got to prioritise the league before then, unless our league form's completely dropped away. But Fe- February's a lot kinder league um, run. So you obviously got Man City next weekend. Then it's Leicester, West Ham, Chelsea. Yeah, yeah I think I think that's I think that's a very fair shout. Uh, I think what you said there probably don't want to start throwing the full force team until we were if if we get to the semi-finals that's the time yeah I think that makes sense if we get to the quarterfinals the quarterfinals is the last game before the March international break so you'd put out a full strength side there wouldn't you oh, okay. barring injuries mid- so I think is that midweek is it the quarterfinals I think one round's midweek I think someone's right. saying so don't um, think oh yeah go on no no go on I think yeah well we just do like yeah definitely put the full team out if before we cast them off to the international because we're not really worried about that. So, Okay. <laughs> uh, first. One positive and one negative from tonight's 3-0 victory at Deepdale in the fourth round of the FA Cup. Chaps, Milo, why don't you kick us off? So my positive is that Harry Kane didn't have to play a minute of football and my negative is Chad Evans playing for Preston. It's um, pretty distasteful that he's that the club are picking him up, really, after what he's done. Um, positive, I suppose, it's the Route 1 one. Sunny smile back on his face, which would be good, I suppose. Um, uh, he'll be able to uh, he'll be able to look um, Sun Senior in the eye tonight. I don't know what his dad's been making of this form. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um, uh, at least at least they'll be happy. They'll have a nice dinner tonight, probably, together. <laughs> That's probably why he's been looking so pissed off and tired. His dad's probably got him out juggling balls around the football pitch after every game one-footed and... Making yeah. him redo it every time he drops a ball. So <laughs> yeah, he's just exhausted yeah. <laughs> mentally and physically. Uh, I don't know. I don't think there's any negatives really. I thought um, everything kind of went quite smoothly tonight. Um, yeah, I don't know really. 
Oh, Brian Hill. What? Can I just say that? Can we just mention Brian Hill when he came on? Just more beta-less by the minute. He's even grown a kind of little bit of a tash now, hasn't he? Have you seen that today? Yeah. I thought he must have um, looked like he got a taxi there straight from the cavern, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it should be noted, by the way, that he had a hand in our third goal. I mean, he did, he did progress play very nicely. And uh, I agree with you for what it's worth. I don't think we will let him go. And I really hope we don't. I hope that uh, I hope that he does stick around. I hope he forces his way, you know, into as much game time as he's been having. Just because Dan Juma's here, it doesn't mean that he can't. Um, the, there's two positives for me: Sunny, uh, massive uh, positive, and you know, as you said already, Ricky, uh, when a player scores in their debut, that's a massive positive. And so that's Dan Juma. I, I, negatives are very hard to find because it was a really well executed and very professional performance. I suppose the only thing is. You know, I, I've, I'm so excited by Rodrigo Bentancourt as a footballer. I think it's just, he, he's just warming up again. And I know that. And I know he's finding his match fitness. I know he's finding his form. But yeah, you know, he looked a little gassed coming off the pitch tonight. And it's not, it's not a negative. It just, you, you just can't wait to see him back at full burst, right? But he's getting there. He's can getting I turn there. that negative around? Cause, um, <laughs> of course you can. It's not really Skippy, even a negative, but go for it. Skippy yeah. looked really good when he came on. Yeah. And, great. You know, he's, he's been, I know the game state suited him and it's a lot easier job when you're coming in when you're a few goals up, but I thought he looked really good. And, you know, he's another player who's been coming back from a long layoff. And again, you know, if he can find form, that's brilliant for us. What better a place to leave it than that? And leave it there we will, because we're now going to go back to <laughs> a name that has been, um, popping up in this pod, uh, in the weeks before us, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's been everywhere, this name, hasn't it? Uh, and we're looking at the transfer window, by the so way. That's folks. a tongue twister we've got there, popping up in this pod, Pedro Porro. There you go. There you go. To kick off our transfer window, look, we're, look, this is the, by the time the next pod comes out, uh, the transfer window will be closed. So this is our last stab at talking about it in the rumours and whispers way. And we're going to have a little bit of fun by uh, doing that. And we're going to start with Pedro, aren't we, chaps? So lead us away. Milo. Um, Okay. What? <laughs> Read out what we've got here or just talk about Pedro Porro? I'll just talk about him. Go on. So, well, Wax lyrical about Pedro Porro for a second and whether he's going to be a Tottenham Hotspur player on Tuesday. I think it's not. going to be announced tomorrow. So tomorrow or Monday. Uh, he played in uh, cup final sporting against Porto tonight. They lost. Rumours are that Sporting wanted him to play in that game. Um, I think the Portuguese press are, are reporting that we've uh, tonight that we've it's all agreed. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to get done. And you know, tonight is actually a, a game where we really could have done with his kind of passing and crossing ability. You know, we talked about Doherty a bit earlier on. Uh, he brings something that um, will really make a difference there. And I think actually the another thing that he, he might really help with is is Sonny. Because, you know, it means we've got more balance and uh, teams will have to focus on our right hand side and, you know, what he can bring to it and also his ability to, you know, to cross um, and, and, you know, long, long range passing will bring Sonny in as well. So I think that could help him recover form. Yeah, I mean, I've not watched, I've only watched a couple of games that he's been in, but I've watched the old, um, you know, the old YouTube highlight reels and things. So, and I must admit, I, I mean, I, I mean, I know obviously you're going to like what you see on the YouTube. No one's going to make like a, well, probably people, some people maybe make some stinky ones about players. I don't know, you know, they're a bit horrible about people, but, um, he's, um, uh, he's definitely quite, He's quite powerful and he's quite quick over ten yards. And I think, um, I think Steph, you're like this. He, he did seem like he's got quite a front foot confidence about him, mm. in that he wants to kind of get in and close people quickly and get a foot in and that kind of thing, which I thought was was definitely something I picked up in it. And as Milo says, the crossing definitely looks good. He puts a lovely kind of 
swerving, swinging, balling is something I've definitely been impressed with. I'd imagine that we're going to have to really work hard on the training ground to get him to focus on stopping dead and then passing back to central midfield or the central <laughs> yeah. midfielders or the, yeah. de- the defenders. You know, it's not not something that's going to come naturally to him. But is the rest of the team wa- just going to stop dead and then look yeah. and go? Uh, are you, what are you are doing? You su- <laughs> are you suggesting that, like this protracted uh, transfer, that we will squeeze the joy out of it? Is that the how this play? Is that what you're suggesting? Uh, Look, this uh, this signing, I mean, uh, uh, let me be completely blunt. I'm just bored of it. I'm like, okay, great. We've all done our YouTube. We've all, some of us, I mean, Milo watches more than than, than I do. Um, uh, you know, just get it done and let's see what he's got. He's coming. He's obviously coming. So let's just do it. I'm bored of talking about it now. So, I mean, I really am. I was just like, good God. And it's sort of like the next player we're going to talk about in Jed Spence. I'm bored of talking about poor old Jed as well. Ricky, I mean, is uh, um, uh, help me out here because I, I am I'm bored of talking about him. Antonio doesn't fancy him. Great prospect. Why are we signing Poro if we've got him? Uh, uh, ah, help me out. I think, yeah, Jed just needs to. I mean, I think part of maybe the original transfer was that he didn't want to go on loan. So maybe we said to him, well, we're not going to send you on loan. But now, obviously, so many people are probably in his way. And plus, the manager doesn't fancy you at this point. I'm not saying he won't in the future. So Jed just needs to like go and find half a season somewhere else, I think. And I think that's quite straightforward. I mean, it seemed that it was against the odds that he would push into the team unless we had an injury crisis. And... I'm not. I'm not saying Conte's right in this situation because I think we saw when he was in no. forced to forced to play Sar and Gill that these blokes are probably pretty decent when it comes down to it. Yeah. Yep. And I think the actually the sad thing for Jed, I think, is because he could look from the sidelines and look at maybe M- uh, Royale's and Doherty's performance and just think, I think I can do that, and I think I can do it better. <laughs> so he might be a bit annoyed from that point of view, but. The boss yeah. man, you know, he calls the shots. So, I, I think what's encu- I think what's encouraging is that you know we we're meant to have turned down a bid from Brentford this week because they wanted a purchase ob- obligation. Um, but Leicester, Southampton, but uh, Leverkusen and and Leon are all interested, and they're decent clubs. It's, you know, there's mm. good clubs looking at him there. So you know, if Brentford want you, then you're a good player. Yeah. So, you know, I think we should actually, you know, although we haven't seen much of him, we should take um, comfort from that because it, I think it shows we made a good signing there. And hopefully, you know, he gets half he gets half a season under his belt in the Premier League. I think I'd rather he, you know, I'd rather Premier League or Bundesliga rather than France. But um, yeah, he comes back and he's ready to push on next season. Oh, I've got this. <laughs> what you said about Poro coming in and we're really going to have to work hard on the training ground to get him to turn inside and pass square. To just, I was thinking about Jed's last performance for us when he came on for 10 minutes and I was on this pod like uh, when, when that happened saying... Spence did it as he should for Conte. He didn't try and overplay. He like finally did what Conte wants. It's sort of funny when you think about it because essentially he did exactly what Conte wanted in that ten minutes. And we're st- <laughs> we, just, we were defending we were defending a lead there. I think it was you know it was, um, yeah it was last, it was, it was last round of the cup, wasn't it? And uh, we had a one 0 yeah, lead, I, and he came on with ten minutes to go. I think it was just seeing out the game. But yeah, yeah I'm yeah. being a little mischievous, and I'm sort of having fun with the whole concept of of paying nearly for, you know whatever we're paying for Pedro Porro the forty million euros forty seven million euros is that is what's being yeah, said, I mean, which I think is slightly above slightly above his release clause, but it's about kind of staggering staggering that over the I mean, over the length of the contract. It, it, 
I mean, it is a brave purchase because I think he's only just played over like a hundred first class games, so yeah. it's not. It's, not it's a very brave. Football. It's a very so. brave purchase because even physically, he doesn't quite fit the usual Conti profile, does he? So, I mean, Jed Spence in that regard is probably more of a physical fit for the profile. But regardless, you know, he's. I think he's one inch shorter than Hakimi, though. So, you know, it's not as if um, yeah. you know he hasn't you know done rem- that before. Go on. Do you know who he reminded me of because of um, that whole kind of doing various jobs along the right flank? He reminded me a little bit of um, Antonio Valencia, I think. Mm. Um, do you remember United and the, and yes. the um, Wigan player? That's who he yes. kind of reminds me a bit of. It's sort of skill set oh. and that kind of thing. So good enough. But that's an but, early call. That's from probably thirty minutes of YouTube and you know a couple of games. So, but it looks like folks by uh, Tuesday night that whole uh, exactly. little right hand wheel, if you will, will have gone through its revolution, and that will be the state of play. That's what we're thinking. That's what it looks like. We're going to talk about Davo here for a minute again. Davison Sanchez. The Daily Mail have reported that Nice have inquired about Davo. But Sanchez is not meant to be keen on a move. Hmm. I suppose there's not much more to say to that, is there? Other than we did say earlier in this pod that we felt it might be nice for him to get a move to somewhere he plays regularly, right? A lot of English players are ex-Premier League players at Nice as well. Oh, good luck. to Whatever happens at Dempsey Sanchez, he's one of those players that I know I was talking all tough earlier about how you know, I'm going to dispense judgment, man, where it's where it's necessary, not based on heart. But I'll go back on myself a little bit and say I'll always have a soft spot for him just because I think he's always given his absolute heart and then some for us. And, you know, I think he's a very good player, but he's yeah. just had nervous moments for us. Yeah, and I I think he's one of those players who's judged a bit by their transfer fee. You know, we played a lot for him. It's a similar profile to the Porro, really, the amount of yeah. games he's played in the amount. So yeah. and, because you know, this one goes better. And he was, he was very good for us that first season when he came in under, under mm-hmm. Poch. And, you know, ironically, playing a lot of that at central centre-back, mm-hmm. you know, before he, he took um, Alderweireld's place in the team. Um, he was really good that season. But he does seem to be a bit of a confidence player, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So let me put you both on the spot. Tuesday night, is Davinson Sanchez still a part of our squad for the rest of the season or not? What do you think? I Who think wants so. to hand on the buzzer? I think he will be. Yeah, I think he will as well. Jaffet's the one you're going to want to get out the door first, aren't you? Yeah. Yep. Let's see if that happens. But, you know, rumours are that once um, Poro's sorted, we're turning our attention to centre-back and central midfield. So, you know, maybe if we bring in a centre-back, it's, you know, whoever we can get a bid for. Um you know, there hasn't. Yeah. I haven't heard a squeak about um, Jaffet or, or Window, which is strange considering a move to Italy was so close in the summer. Isn't it just? I agree. Yeah, very strange. Um, but let's move to uh, another player we've already referred to a couple of times tonight. Uh, Brian Hill, Sevilla coach, Azure Sampaioli, has said that he will be interested in signing Hill on loan before the window closes. And in a recent press conference, he said, I called Brian directly. Hmm. On his, I presume he means he called him directly on Brian's own cell phone. He's the right player for us as a new winger. Well, at least he knows his position. I already wanted to sign Brian Hill when I was Olympic Marseille coach. So there's a declaration for you. <laughs> Is he going or not? Stellini was asked about this in one of the presses for today's game and basically said that his position hadn't changed since he spoke about him a few weeks ago, but also said it's nothing to do with him. So um, <laughs> so I think made it clear that they don't want to loan him out, but maybe they'll be forced to. Wow. Yeah. Um, but I am, well, I was saying previously is correct, though. Like we, we always wanted six, didn't we? Players, as in, in those three positions. Yeah. Mm. 
And that was the same thing. We were, and I, as I say, if Danjuma replaces Mura, then Mil, Hill can't go unless someone no. comes in to replace him. So, And the other thing is, I think we said before, and I think this is an honest assessment, Hill's skill set is more reflected of Decky's than anyone else's, yeah, I agree. really. I agree. Yeah, he, I agree. So yeah. I just want the lad to I, stay around. And, I, unless he's the one who makes way with Porro coming in in order to balance out the squad yeah, for yeah. the Champions League, and that might be uh, a consideration. But, no, I but think that, Ricky's... I think you're right, Ricky. I think Antonio loves the joy of six. Although, yeah. uh, Milo, you uncovered a story that tells us that might not be the case about Antonio, but that's for another pod, isn't it? So, mm. <laughs> I, 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 I think seriously you will. But generally with the transfer window, I'm kind of, I think we need to be like an, an overall approach. Alone, I think we need to be a little bit savvy as a club because obviously we're not sure what's going on with Antonio come the summer. So I think I would... I would. I mean, there might be the odd player like Moore. I think could go permanently, but I wouldn't send anyone anywhere permanently, even with obligation to buy. Just because if someone else comes in in the summer, they've just got a much bigger pool of players to choose from there or mm. to look at. And we might not think some of those players are up for it. You know, we might think mm. Sanchez should go, or you know, Emerson should go, or Doherty should go. But I think. And and because it's only six months, there's no real reason to give those players away yet. I mean, obviously, if someone were put in like a stupid bid for someone and they could go permanently, we still probably have to accept that because with the way the market is, you've got to take some money in when you can. But I just think I just think we're better off just being a bit savvy about it at the moment, really. And plus, that will also I mean, some players will stay around, so our squad is reasonably big, which admittedly Conte doesn't necessarily like. But we don't know what we might run into down the stretch here, where we just need you know players to fill gaps that injuries or suspensions have caused so i think we'll just see it through to the summer people can go on loan but just don't want them with obligations to buy really and plus we've got a whole load of others coming back as well so the, the <laughs> hospital away I think, I, I think i think we get the idea i think like, no, is going to be a bit we're going to need I think we're in agreement. I think we're, we're going in agreement. We're going to buy another golf course, aren't we, to extend it? I think it. we are, actually. A new changing room, extend it out. So, yeah. yeah. But I mean, I, I think we'd all be in agreement that, you know, this is a, a, you know, it is quite a precarious time in terms of we don't really know what the long term future is in, uh, you know, in terms of manager and, and thus playing staff. Uh, so we do have to be a little smart and we have to box clever and, uh, you know, again, going back to something I'd said at the top of the pod, I'm just pleased that this week that, you know, this general sort of weird um, sort of holding pattern that we are in didn't seem so prevalent and didn't seem to be so much upfront yeah. and in the news. And uh, and it's important that we try and get through this period as, as calmly as possible, because as you quite rightly said, it's not a calm time. It really isn't. Well, I think the other thing that helps a bit is I think since that Arsenal game, I think we've had five out of six away games as well, which is quite good as well i think so i suppose that's that brings us to the end of the part we're gonna yeah. I, but i must share this I, I, one final observation i looked at them all on the bench you know the managers and the coaches and i just wanted to share this little rhyme with our listeners and you can edit this out if you want uh, milo before it goes but stellini the beanie looks like a real bad meanie i thought he looked really tough in that beanie he just looked so hard didn't he he's got a face like a bag of spanners hasn't he <laughs> he certainly does absolutely he just looks you'd want him by your side wouldn't you i mean you would you'd want him to back you up mm. he's the man mm. yeah though no, that's all there is to say isn't there other than thank you very much chaps cheers, cheers mate. Thank you. Uh, and thank you uh, out there for joining us. We'll be back next week to talk about our game against Manchester City. Until then, please leave any reviews or positive mentions you have about us on uh, various social media outlets that you frequent and help us keep on growing. And we'll see you next week.